Welcome to our latest ARM Viewpoints podcast. Our topic for today deals with having fun, and specifically the kind of fun that you can have when you're playing great video games on your TV. Gaming on TV has come a long way from the days of Pong and Space Invaders, played on crude consoles hooked up to your TV. Today's smart TVs are online by definition and contain enough great technology to deliver amazing gaming experiences with or without a console system being attached to them. It's part of a broader evolution of TV. As we moved from over-the-air channels to on-demand to streaming content delivered digitally, and technology has even changed more traditional TV experiences, such as watching sports. You can, for example, watch a game in high-definition 4K and enjoy the option of multiple camera angles. Getting back to gaming, new digital TV sets now include third-party gaming services built in, and in some cases, they provide smart cameras for video conferencing and other uses. Interactivity is an integral part of this TV experience from choosing what to watch next to choosing what happens next in choose-your-own-adventure shows. In this context, the convergence between the TV content world and the gaming world appears to be inevitable. I'm very fortunate to be joined today by three guests who are highly qualified to explore this convergence and what it will mean for anyone who wants to have fun with their TV. Our first guest is Pablo Frail, Director of the Home Market Segment inside the client line of business at ARM. He's responsible for business growth opportunities in the TV, streaming, smart display, and game console markets. Also here today is Ralph Howard, Senior Vice President and GM for Core Unity and Cloud at gaming innovator Unity. Ralph previously held the title of Senior Vice President of R&D, where he ran Unity's world-class core engineering and product teams globally in building and delivering the Unity editor and engine to all creators. Rounding out our panel is Tetsuya Kimura, Distinguished Engineer, System Architecture Design at Sony. He started in the software development business on the design of user interfaces in product development of camcorder and digital still cameras. He's also been engaged in overall architecture design throughout the framework and operating system areas as the progress of software and system development expands with the digitization of recording and playback media. Welcome to you all. Can you tell us a bit more about this market and the opportunity it's presenting? And I'll kick us off with asking Pablo for his thoughts. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, I think the, the TV and gaming market presents a really interesting opportunity these days. Um, I mean, the, the reality is um, there is about 3 billion uh, gamers in the world now, um, including all mobile gaming and console gaming and PC gaming. Um, traditionally, uh, you know, people game playing on consoles uh, or, or playing on the TV had to have a console attached to it. But now everyone who plays mo games on mobile potentially can become a gamer also on a TV. So that presents a huge amount of opportunity for, for, for the industry. The other thing to think about is the size of the TVs these days um, being sold. Um, I think the average size these days is close to 50 inch, uh, and you're selling uh, about 200 million units or, or more every year. So you can imagine the amount of screen uh, and, and screen time that, that, we can, that is going to be enjoyed in uh, houses worldwide that presents a huge amount of opportunity for 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 the industry for the gaming industry and for the for the tv industry in general so w what's your perspective on it ralph 
Well, I think um, TVs are, are, you know, if you kind of look at the, the lifetime of TV at this point in time, from inception to where we are today, traditionally, actually a very slow evolving consumer facing screen. Right? Like if you look at the revolution of what happened in smartphones starting somewhere in the mid 2000s to where we are today, and you look at the same evolution and span of evolution of TVs, it's a really slow evolving medium in which most of the things we've seen have been about qualitative improvements around screen. You know, we added color, it became 4K, people try to add 3D. But the most significant change that has happened is what content can be consumed on a TV. So you mentioned in your opening, you know, attaching a game console to your uh, TV. At that point, it's a, it's a monitor, it's not a TV. And if you kind of look at what, what has changed over even the last 10 years, or maybe even the last seven years, you know, the channel up and down button, the most pivotal thing to interact with your TV is no longer being used in the same way because the TV is now a portal to content streams. But those content streams are actually still fairly, you know, traditional. The, the traditional nature of TV is, a channel, a stream comes in and you watch it. But what computation on TV means, what, what that actually opens up, not just in gaming but beyond, is that how the end user, the lean back model of looking at the TV, interacts with the TV and what they can get out of it is fundamentally changing. It's no longer the channel up, channel down, volume up, volume down. It's about having an interactive panel in your house in which you can actually get real-time data of the world, including gaming. So adding computation to TV is what is actually driving a whole new revolution. Adding streaming to TV is what driving us a whole new revolution. And I think that that's actually the biggest acceleration that we've seen on the medium of TV since its inception. And that's happened in the last 10 years. So it's pretty incredible to see what opportunities are gonna open up there. And Tatsuya, given the uh, history of Sony and innovating about both uh, game consoles and TVs, I'm sure you have a perspective. The reality for most TV users is that broadband remains unreliable for delivering high fidelity, low latency experiences. If we want global TV content, we may need to balance content streaming with more traditional delivery. On top of that, uh, TVs are becoming more capable on their own. With powerful processors combined with new sensors, satellite camera, we can start to imagine the TV being able to deliver experience which rely on immediate environmental input and couldn't come from cloud. TVs is uh, moving from industrial specific commodity to OEM specific. We focus on giving users digital immersive experience on TV and many key features such as picture quality enhancement and interactivity are, are ongoing planning and de de developing. To the doors, uh, we need to more computing power, uh, but also need system level performance efficiency. So it seems clear that the market opportunity is high with so many people having smart TVs. Maybe we could talk a, next a bit more about what we actually mean by gaming on TV. Maybe you could tell us about how consumers are influencing this market. And maybe Ralph could kick us off on this. First of all, you know, we already went a little bit over the statistic of worldwide gaming and people are actually already gaming on TVs today. So, so the question becomes, well, what is changing? And, you know, in Pablo's note of the, the three billion gamers, how are the consumption patterns for that? Um, I actually think that we're still at the beginning of that. Um, so 
imagine what I just mentioned on the remote, the, the channel up and channel down button, that remote that you unpack together with the rest of the TV as you install that unwieldy giant box in your house uh, hasn't changed yet to how you can effectively interact with the te television. It's mostly to this date about channel selection. So even now we're talking about two dimensional inputs to allow you to do selection on that TV that is packed in with the box. But if I want a, you know, an effective gaming experience that also takes into account the medium, you know, we're, we're going to have to see change in control and how it's controlled and also change in content specifically for, you know, a larger scale audience of 3 billion people. Not everybody is going to will want to learn how a controller fully works and wants a much simpler interactivity. A TV is a shared screen. A TV is a monitor is a, a singular screen, but a TV for, for in a, somebody's living room is something you look at together. So what type of content do people interact with that has value that multiple users can interact with at the same time. This is where I was uh, actually really happy to hear Tatsuya speak about sensors, because how do you interact when it's a group of people in the, in the room that interact with the television? Not one person holding the remote control is going to be deeply important. Now, I also think that what we call gaming can change. So, you know, linear um, gaming experience or multiplier gaming experiences they are today are suitable for an audience, but not all audiences. And I think what we're going to see is an expansion of content being made of, you know, well, take, take your tra traditional game show. Um, why wouldn't you participate in the game show? And why wouldn't that be a more attractive means for people to actually interact with their television? But at, at similar notes, I also think that we have to be mindful that you can bring content to a television. It doesn't mean it's being consumed. And we're going to still have to learn how that works as an interactive medium that is the default in people's homes. A lot of first screen experience in the world right now are being had on mobile phones because they're price sensitive. They are, you know, in parts of the world where you might not actually have a TV in the home. So that audience of, of people who will consume uh, meaningful interactive content on their TV is going to change. And that's where the content needs to follow. Content is always king. So content is always what you switch your TV on for. That's where it starts. That's where my thoughts are in most of these processes when we think about why would somebody get it? And then it's about what's the content and how does it become valuable? And how does that sound to you, Tetsuya? Yeah, exactly. Users of TV are getting uh, used to playing a game on uh, their TV. So, and uh, latency or performance uh, is uh, coming, getting more uh, important. One of the things that I would imagine as this evolves is that the business model that supports it is also going to evolve. Pablo, if you could kick us off. Well, I think um, business models is a, is a really um, complicated area and gaming has very many different business models. Uh, we, in, in ARM, we really focus more on enabling those business models that actually how they operate uh, in, in the industry. I think what, what for me is interesting is that those um, go-to-market strategies are very, very um, depending, uh, very variable depending on where you are in the world and what kind of market segment you're targeting. Uh, for example, we are seeing people in countries like China taking very different approaches to the approach that you would normally take in, in other parts of the world, in, in the US or in Europe. Uh, and we are seeing a lot of interest, for example, in running um, mobile or Android games on TVs natively 
because that's the experience that most of the users have in those um, in those households. The, you know, people over there uh, play their games on mobile first, um, and then when they get home, they want to continue playing the same mobile titles. So for TV vendors offering uh, a native gaming experience on the TV is very attractive. Maybe that same approach works uh, not so well in other parts of the world, and that's absolutely fine. Then you have to think about, okay, what, how people engage with their TVs and with their games in, uh, in different parts of the world. What are they looking for when they, when they go onto their, maybe their mobile initially or their console, but then eventually how, when they go back to their TV, switch it on, and as Ralph said, you know, they have a control in their hands, which may look like a TV controller or may look like something completely different, um, but they want to continue to be entertained. So how are you going to realize that opportunity? Um, for, for us, uh, as I say, for us, the, what's important is that we provide the means, the technology to make those business case, the business models uh, possible. And Ralph, do, do you have a view on the evolution of the business model? We look at the gaming market as a whole and we look at its subsequent growth over the last 10 years, it's been massive. The world has seen more gamers and it's not because, um, you know, massively the, the market of people who want to play has evolved, but it's actually the people that can play that has evolved, right? It's the accessibility of devices that enable that. It's the mobile revolution that we all went through. And, and this is where Pablo kind of uh, alluded to, you want to play the same game. I, I would argue that you don't necessarily can reach the same audience with the same game on a different screen. Also because of how distribution channel works, how game developers have to be able to make money on that and the ability to, for, for you know, the creators to engage with an audience. Now, that's where I'll pull it beyond games. I think part of the, the gaming technology, uh, what real-time 3D really brings, uh, the ability to compute, but also to render, and what it means for creators. I, we've seen a Unity evolution of the, of the medium already by seeing real-time overlays on top of sports. Um, we have our own Metacast um, solution, which is in partnership with uh, some of the UFC folks in which you know you can now move cameras into places that a real camera can't even fit in between two fighters and i think that that's where the value for a content consumer is there to be able to want to interact with it but of course then you hit the fact that every league has its rights and you know we've seen that throughout the industry of kind of how that works um, when you have the intersection of sports and games that that can be get really complicated i think the same is happening in games on itself we see a consolidation of distribution channels it's really hard to break in unless you actually have value in the marketplace that offers to the consumers. This is where I think we'll find new value on a new medium. And you know, don't let me misframe gaming on TV. Gaming on TV has been around for a long time. We're just talking about having more users having that capability, probably with lesser compute. The experience is not gonna be the same. Uh, probably with a different gaming experience that is more accessible and isn't, you know, 70 hours that goes into an, uh, an RPG game. So I think we'll see an evolution there. Distribution bad channels are inherent to the business model. If there's no distribution channel, the creator can't make money. So that's deeply important. I think very often when we talk about technology first, so we talk about the innovation of being able to render on the TV, we might forget what the consumer offering there is. They're there to be entertained, to be informed, to have a relaxing moment or a really engaging moment with a sports match. 
These are the things that will drive consumption. These will drive business model. Right. And it sounds like you're moving towards more what it would be like if you were at the, the game in person, but with other things overlaid on top of that that you wouldn't get in either experience. You, you take an experience like watching a sports match and being able to follow and track your, your, your favorite player and that person's stats on screen, and you're able to actually augment the view that the TV has as one. The other is, you know, the evolution of gaming that is actually somewhat of a regression in gaming. If you think about some of these uh, choose-your-own-adventure stories that you can now play on popular, you know, streaming channels, um, how cool would it be if the character in one of these shows wasn't a, a predefined actor, but somebody who matches, you know, your version of the avatar, of the protagonist in the story, and you can make those decisions. I think that that's the, actually the evolution of medium that's going to happen. And real time is what's driving that. The computation and, and the devices there, creators actually finding the opportunity is what's going to be driving that. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what that future holds for us. And I think what, what's um, really interesting as well there, Ralph, is, is if you think about um, this content delivery as a complete uh, sort of end-to-end -end solution, right? If you think about um, how the creator of that content can think about what the consumption is going to look like, what the capabilities are throughout the chain from, as you say, the, the tools, the real-time rendering tools that you have on the, on the content creation side and also the compute capability you have at the other end in the, in the, in the TV, then you can start to imagine what, uh, what experiences you can, you know, you, the, the, the kind of experiences you can build are completely different, right? And, and, and taking the whole pipeline into consideration enables you to do that. My next question is around future devices, and this, this one is for Tetsuya. Uh, we spoke about technology earlier and how televisions have evolved to become high-performance computers. Where else do you see that once humble TV going? The relation to uh, edge side and cloud uh, architecture is uh, more important. So the uh, content itself uh, getting so barriers and uh, evolution uh, getting higher and higher. So uh, device side at, uh, like a TV is uh, needed to uh, improve the performance. But on the other hand, so the architecture uh, between rendering and uh, display side uh, need to be more performance and latency is uh, needed to uh, improve. So the responsibility of cloud and uh, TV device uh, need, need to be considered. Some uh, vendor already uh, developed about cloud-side rendering, so uh, device-side also need to uh, be capable of that. Well, that's exciting. Um, I'm wondering what challenges you see to getting there. Mm, maybe uh, more high-performance uh, rendering power is uh, needed. But uh, in addition to that, so uh, interactive, uh, not only uh, downstream, but also the upstream side of uh, trans transmitting information from the sensor or uh, recognition on uh, device side. Ralph, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I'd like to add to that. I think, um, you know, time and time again, uh, what we see in the evolution of, of kind of, you know, capabilities in compute is being that it will they'll influence the experiential. So there will be a range of capabilities on the device that enables a certain experience to be had. And what type of experience you will have will be based on you know, the capabilities of the device. This is 
you know, the history of gaming on itself. Um, you know, how great the experience is going to be is always the thing that is advertised when a new generation of a gaming device comes out. But I think uh, on, on phones over the last 10 years, what we've seen is an evolution where that becomes less important and that it is a set of content you can consume at a certain quality and that the choice for quality is going to be on how new your device is going to be or how capable the device is, which of course, from a consumer standpoint, influences their decision quite heavily also with their ability to have access to devices like that. So I think what, what we're going to see is not dissimilar to, for example, what's been happening in automotive. What kind of experience do I have as a driver in the car is much more getting much more prevalent and important from a view of, you know, my car has to have interactivity with my phone built in. That that's not, you know, an unreasonable ask anymore. That is a baseline requirement. And I think the same is going to happen with with how we look at devices in our home. They connect. They interact. I can interact with my phone and my TV. Uh, my computation of my TV might be much better than the computation that I get on you know, my home assistant, but they interact with one another. So I think that tie-in effect is also going to play in quite heavily. Um, that will then dictate your overall experience of content consumption in the home where a TV still is. I'm, I'm kind of skimping here on the industrial applications, but um, I think that that's going to heavily influence um, how people look at what TV they want to buy or what setup box they add to it, which is what we've seen over the last five years. And Pablo, where do you see the challenges in getting to this kind of a future? You know, the last 10 years, we've seen a significant transformation of, of TV, the TV space. Uh, and, and we in ARM notice that the compute performance that we have now is probably 10 or 20 times faster than, than it was 10 years ago on those, on those very early smart TVs. But that's still a long way to go from the kind of experience you have on, on premium mobile devices today. And, uh, and then you have to add on top um, you know, all the sensors, uh, cameras, and so on that you could potentially build on top of, of TVs today. You know, the, the TV screen is probably the only screen you have in the house that doesn't have a camera attached to it, which is kind of surprising, um, but, but maybe not for, not for long. So, so when you start to think about the possibility that, that, that those sort of interactions or those sort of integrations will, will, will offer, you start to get a glimpse of the possibilities. That's great. And we, we've had a good discussion about the, all of the technology involved. But what about the users of these TVs? Often it's consumers that drive the popularity of a technology or the content that's consumed on it. So what role do they have to play in all of this? And maybe, Pablo, you could kick us off. Yeah, of course. Uh, consumers always have the, the last word. And, uh, and no one knows how some of these new ideas are going to, to land with, uh, with consumers. I think, um, you know, we were talking a minute ago about, you know, adding cameras to TVs or, you know, adding new sensors. Or, uh, th th these are uh, technologies that, that consumers may be a bit reluctant to initially, uh, at least in, in, in some parts of the world. So I think that we are all going to go through a, a, a phase of, of trying to communicate, you know, the benefits of, of these, some of these new technologies. And it's going to be the industry as a whole need to um, engage with consumers and, and explain um, the sort of things we're trying to build, which is yeah, and how it is different from what they've been able to experience before, either on the TV or on a different set of um, set of devices. So it's it's. Um, Consumer expectation is always very high uh, and is getting higher. Devices are, uh, and experiences are incredibly complex already. 
So if we want to build on top of that and create even more immersive experiences, more compelling stories and more, more entertaining um, you know, adventures, then we are going to have to communicate uh, what it is that we're trying to build together. How about you, Ralph? Do you have uh, some thoughts on the consumer's role in this? Well, I think um, as we talk about it as an evolving medium, um, one of the, the most important metrics that I think you know, we should all take into account is time to content, right? Like whether it's entertainment and it's interactive or it's a, it's a stream. I think um, the way consumers make choices kind of depends on the settings and what it offers. But when the medium is evolving, then you also kind of start offering new things. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, um, you know, being able to game on your TV is one, one thing, but then to actually be the audience that wants to have that experience is another. And I think that that's where the content will matter to every consumer. It's going to be many different pieces, types of interaction, augmentation of, of the TV. Um, Pablo earlier mentioned uh, cameras. Uh, I think we're going to see a very steep curve before you know consumers accept cameras in their TVs because you know we were in a world where, where cameras are becoming more invasive and specifically in a private space like your own living room where, where this camera can be used a consumer would want to have a real use case for the camera to be there now you know an advertiser might see immediate value how many eyeballs are watching this show right now and who's actually paying attention but that's not what it gets a consumer over the threshold of going there what gets a consumer there is why does that, that camera add value for me? So it might be video conferencing. It might be um, that the show is able to see me and take my avatar into the show. It might be that the camera allows me to interact by waving at the TV and saying pause by holding my hand up. But I think that that, that is the first choice. That there's going to be a lot of resistance around these types of things if there isn't actual consumer value and we only think about it from a content consumption value. And that's where I'm saying content is king. Uh, content being king specifically when we're talking about an interactive medium means that for the large screen in the home, for an audience of billions, we still have a lot of ways to figure out what, what the value then really is. And so, uh, Tetsuya, what role do you see consumers having in this uh, amazing future? Hmm. About consumers. So I, I suppose, so not only just watching uh, content itself, but so uh, since uh, a game or content becoming more interactive, so difference between creators and uh, consumers uh, getting closer, I suppose. So sometimes uh, you consumer could join the create uh, content itself. So because uh, current recently uh, game have uh, some creative mode, if the consumer have some way to uh, change the content itself, users as a creator is uh, our my uh, another vision for future. Thank you for that. And thanks so much to all of you, to Pablo, Ralph, and Tatsuya for giving me so much to think about when I'm sitting on a couch in front of my TV deciding what I want to watch or play next. But I have a feeling that after this conversation, I may need to get myself a new TV to do it. So thanks to everyone for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to joining you again soon on the next episode of Arm Viewpoints. <laughs>